You're listening to Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. You've read the stories of the drivers and others involved in the sport that we all love. Now hear their stories firsthand via our all-new podcast to find out how their passion for motorsports has made life worth living. Have we done one of these since the Super Bowl? No, we haven't. It's sad, but we haven't. We've been moving. I, I have been a lot going on. I've had a lot going on. I've been celebrating for the last month. So. Yeah, so <laughs> welcome to Behind the Wheel on RacingTruck.com. We are in the new studio. Yes. Hey, Vegas. Hey, Vegas studio. This is so awesome. This is actually a little bit better than the studio. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, this is probably better than, and it's still a work in progress. Hey, I love it. It's awesome. But, uh, you know, I appreciate you coming here. That is little E, Ellen Richardson. I am Chris Young. Uh, we want to thank you so much for joining us post-Super uh, Bowl Glow. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Sorry, Ellen. just got to do what that is. Did you like my Chicago Bears uh, wreath we had on the door? I did. Not as cool as my wreath that I have on my door. Was it look oh. like Rob Gronkowski's abs? Oh. What, what is no, it? no, it's just a New England wreath. It's horrible. So I was leaving Atlanta this past weekend because that's where the NASCAR race was. And you know what I forgot about? Yeah, my thoughts exactly. <laughs> you know what I absolutely forgot about? What? Those palaces on wheels that mm-hmm. transport the cars yeah. from race to race. Yeah, no kidding. These aren't 18-wheelers. These mm-hmm. aren't the standard tractor trailers like we knew growing up. Mm-hmm. These are... You could live in these for the rest of your life. Yeah, these really are museums could. on wheels. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it got me thinking. Suppliers. Mm-hmm. People that build these things. People that build the cars. Right. People that build the things for the cars. Not only NASCAR, but motorcycles, dirt, mm-hmm. the whole nine. There's got to be somebody out there that we can get a hold of that can tell us what's it like being a supplier to all these folks. Right. Because, I mean, a lot of them, especially when it comes to, like, a certain series, they use a lot of the same suppliers because they don't have time to go around and look for different suppliers. They have a lot of trust issues. Can't right. blame them because they got to have the cars that operate the best. So. Yeah, it's cool because we've always wanted to talk to a few of the suppliers that work with these company, you know, work with a lot of these race teams, and it's not always easy to find them. But I'm pretty excited about tonight's show because we finally found somebody who works with a lot of um, teams, not only NASCAR but NHRA and some of the other teams out there, even Dirt. Who we got? Who we got? Chase Forbes from Stock Car Steel Incorporated. He is going to join us tonight. He's the head of marketing at Stock Car Steel and SR, SRI Performance. Forgive me, guys. The big you know dogs. I can't not the shoe warehouse, but the no, performance. No, <laughs> it's it's all about performance, people, and it's not shoe performance. It's all about the stock car performance and all the uh, racing performance out there. So you all have probably seen some of their products and some of the cars that were built with some of their products up on RacingJunk.com. So I'm excited we finally caught up to these guys I've been trying for mm, about four months. Yep, and uh, we're back. Official start of the 2019 racing season for many of the most stock car drag racing. That's right. Includes the start of the racing season for Krista Baldwin, who That's was with us recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Had a difficult start to her season. I was going to say, may not have been what she wanted. No, she started off a little rocky, but you know, the truth is, a lot of these drivers do start off a lot of rocky, little rocky. And honestly, <clears throat> the team that recently won their Super Bowl started off a little shaky. Give I'm a, just saying. Oh, please. You know what else is shaky? Bob Kraft's uh, after game Robert. purchasing no, history. Nope, no, no, What are we doing Robert. there? Nope, no, What are we doing he there, was huh? He, he was set up. He was set up, up huh? That's all I'm going to say. He's set up, huh? He's set up. Yeah, the, yeah, that, yeah, that video looks real set up. <laughs> he was uh, set up. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm sure you're, what, is, what, is she going to write a right book? Right after the Super Bowl? Come on, people. And all the Jets fans went out there to take pictures by the by the salon. Excuse me, but <clears throat> of course can I scream was. set up? I'm sorry that your team sucks. You have to set us up because your team sucks that bad. I Hate mean, it for you. I mean, look, he bought it. He Nobody made him take that money out and leave it on the table for that poor girl. He wasn't, what was she doing? What was she doing? Probably rubbing his shoulders. Oh, she was rubbing something in his shoulders. Whatever. Oh. Whatever. Oh, I we apologize for the content here at BehindTheWheelOfRacing.com. Uh, <laughs> um, let's switch over to something. Not as fun. Not as fun. Not something as fun. a little bit touching. Yeah. Um, those who follow NASCAR and have been following the motorsports scene for quite a while, and as long as I have and much longer, um, back to the heyday of NASCAR and that kind of thing, those who are fans of Dale Earnhardt, things like that, mm-hmm. um, were recently made aware of another um, passing a very special friend of ours. Um, Sam Bass has been with NASCAR since its heyday, even mm-hmm. in the early 80s. 
and although he wasn't a driver and he wasn't a team member and he wasn't a team owner, Sam created a lot of the profiles of these drivers. He was NASCAR's artist, and he has been a designer and a creator of some of the most fantastic artwork. If you've never seen it, you're missing out. Go to sambass.com. I'm telling you, or sambassillustrations.com. He has created some of the most amazing artwork, not only of NASCAR, but outside of NASCAR, dirt, um, NHRA, that kind of thing. If you're a fan of racing, Sam has probably drawn some kind of artwork of some of your favorite drivers. That you like. Yeah. Um, I was very fortunate to work with Sam um, back in about 2011. And this, this man took me under his wing, taught me a lot, allowed me to do a little bit of social media and web stuff with him, and barely even knew who I was. And not only did he take me under his wing and trust me to help him with his company, but he told me, and he told me that he believed in what I could do and some of the talent that God gave me. And the fact that he was willing to entrust in me and not worry about what no one else knew about me has given me the power to go as far as I have. I mean, the fact that I even write for Racing Junk now is such a privilege and it's because of Sam that I'm able to do some of the things I have. And unfortunately, we lost him right around the time for the Daytona 500. And unfortunately, it seems like this race brings out a lot of that. Um, we've lost, you know, Dale Earnhardt um, at the 500. We've lost, unfortunately, um, a very big announcer, a sports announcer in this area many years ago during the Daytona 500. So it seems like this race every few years brings about some kind of curse. And those who didn't know Sam closely... Sam did battle kidney disease and diabetes for many years, um, and he fought hard. He fought so hard, and he loved so many, no matter who they were. He didn't care if you were a big name in NASCAR or if you were just somebody off the street who just wanted to make a name for themselves in the sport. He took you under his wing. He believed in you, and he had faith that you were going to become something bigger than you even could think of. So we just um, send our best wishes and prayers out to the family and and know that he's looking down on us now and just creating more success in this world for all of us who are involved in this sport. So we thank you, Sam, for believing in all of us. And after that moment of silence, <laughs> Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com, we'll be back after this as we interview Chase Forbes. We'll be right back. Attention racers, race fans, and gearheads. If you're looking to buy, sell, or trade the stuff that stokes your engine, then check out RacingJunk.com. RacingJunk.com is the world's number one online racing and performance classifieds where you'll find what you need to rock your ride. Check us out at RacingJunk.com. Racing and performance classifieds built to go fast. So welcome back to Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. And, Ellen, it's time to welcome tonight's guest. We've got Chase Forbes, who's the current head of marketing for Stock Car Steel and Aluminum Incorporated, SRI Performance, and SRI Supplies. And Chase has used his passion and energy for the sport to help both drivers and teams find success through the creation of some of the best high-performance products around. And you know what's cool about this is the twist. We get some behind-the-scenes knowledge. Exactly. Some product knowledge on this. So, Chase, thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, it's good to be interviewed by you guys. Uh, I, I happened to meet Ellen at a company event, and it just kind of worked out really well. So oh. I'm excited to see y'all. Oh, I'm Believe sorry Believe it or not, that. I actually I'm was so not sorry. working in the racing realm at this event either. I was literally running a uh, – uh, we were doing a casino night, and I was oh. running a roulette wheel. <laughs> oh, so what you're saying is this was an illegal gambling outfit. No, not real racket. money. Not real money. You owe Chase money. about five or six grand. And... I just run the wheel. Oh, okay. <laughs> all I do is spin the wheel all night. <laughs> so did, 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 did she have these funky nails on that night? Because no. I'm looking at her right now and it's distracting because she's got one that literally looks like a, I don't even know what that a is. A disco ball. A purple disco ball. Uh, <laughs> I think she's going to try to hypnotize me to make me not ask questions tonight. She didn't have any crazy nails or anything that no, night. Cause, not that uh, night. Imagine picking up the poker chips. Um, would be pretty difficult proposition. Yeah. Um, trying to make that happen. <laughs> with, so, with, with some uh, no strange nails. <laughs> on, you know. 
Now, did she skim any money off the top? No, they were killing me. I literally, my table ran out of money. I am not kidding. My table ran out of money. You don't know how unshocked I am at that comment, Chase. (laughs) Not one bit. Not one absolute bit. Well, well, Chase, tell us, because, you know, one thing that I love learning about is the passion that gets people into the sport. Mm -hmm. What got you into racing? What are you passionate about? Okay, so my racing background is a little different from everyone else's because my family wasn't involved in racing whatsoever. Um, And so I'm sort of one of those first-generation people to be involved in racing. Uh, It all started, uh, I grew up in a place called Sunnyvale, California, which is in the Silicon Valley. Um, It's like one town south of Mountain View where Google Google is. Um, So there's all those tech companies and everything. Um, and I grew up across the street from the Sunnyvale Mall. And one day, because um, believe it or not, back in the day, you had to go take your pictures to get them developed. Um, my dad was dropping off some pictures for a vacation at the Kodak Film Place. And <laughs> at, yeah, um, no, it's like an actual store. Oh, um, that, oh, you live in one of fancy towns. You probably have more than two stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That mall was a real crappy mall. Like it was only good until 1985, and then it pretty much never changed until it, it right. closed down. That's right. The tower records uh, went out and it was gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, all, all of those, all of those stores, and a really uh, filthy arcade and ball pit kind of thing. You know, it's just really sad. Um, but anyway, they had this store. It was kind of a, a mix of a camera store, but it was a Kodak Film affiliate. And my dad came home, and he's like, hey, he's talking to my mom. He says, hey, there's a real race car over at the Kodak Film Place, and I'm going to take the boys over there to see it. And um, so we went over there, and it was Ernie Irvin's car from 1993. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so that that was kind of what started it. Um, My brother kind of latched onto it first, became a diehard Ernie Irvin fan, and being from California, he's kind of from the area. He's not really like a SoCal guy um, necessarily, so um, he was easy to identify with. And, I, of course, I couldn't um, I couldn't pick the same driver as my brother. That's just against the rules. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so I, my favorite color was blue, um, so I went with Mark Martin, and I was a nice. huge fan of his many years local boy so you went from swerving Irvin to old <laughs> michael martin viagra boy yeah <laughs> yeah he was valvoline until 2001 i believe and then right. he switched to viagra um yeah and then you couldn't buy you know as a kid you couldn't buy any die cast that looked like the real car it just said pfizer on the hood yeah um <laughs> so anyway that's that's what got me into racing. And then when I was in high school, I had some friends who raced midgets and I just kind of bummed around their shop and stuff. But then eventually I, uh, as an avid reader of Jayski, RIP Jayski, um, I found they had a link for some schools and stuff. And I, I was deciding where I wanted to go to college during that time and, uh, found something about Belmont Abbey college, having a motorsports management program, um, which got me really excited because, I was considering going into uh, like an engineering program that was motorsport centric, but the problem with engineering is you have to be good at math, and I'm terrible at math. Oh, welcome yeah. to um, my world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's losing all that money at the chip table. Yeah, um, they, they were picking at me all night because I got a couple of numbers wrong. Like I was trying to count out chips, and a couple of times I was wrong, and there was one guy there that kept pointing it out every time I got it wrong. You know what? Do you, do you want? Do you want to do this for me? <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same way. Just take all my money, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, it's really a godsend that we have calculators in our hands at all times now. And they wouldn't let us use calculators that night. I counted on to use my calculator that night. They told us not to use our calculators that night. Who's running this thing? Tony Montana? Uh, They wouldn't let us put our phones on the table. That is my calculator. So I was like, oh, no. What am I gonna Sounds do? Sounds like a Bruton Smith setup right there. If you have one side like, and down the other. Well, if I get it wrong and y'all want extra chips here, whatever. It, it wasn't real money, so it no. didn't make enough difference. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I made sure all you guys won, so you know. So yeah. So 
So from going from dropping off film to all of a sudden having a passion for just racing NASCAR. Having his Martin future paved in front of him. That's yeah, I mean, basically. literally, yeah. I mean, looking back on it now, how does that feel knowing exactly like Ellen said, that your future was right there in front of you? I had no idea, man. I was like three, <laughs> you know, and uh, uh it, it's I love looking at that picture because it's it's just funny looking at my face and it's like he dude you have no idea what you're what you just got into <laughs> right right yeah I mean I knew when I was three that I was going to be a professional broadcaster because no you didn't I did I was walking no. around going bah, 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 bah. <laughs> I mean you know you just no. I just had it then no no I, didn't. I could no. only imagine that you didn't know anything. I still don't know anything. I'm freaking Dean Bet. <laughs> I was going to say at three. I'm trying to picture Chris at three, and all I can picture is you keep taking your diaper off and putting your doodles. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Sorry. So, so, Chase, despite your love for motorsports, where you're at now, you didn't actually start there. You started somewhere else, right? Yeah. So, um, I, well, I had some interesting jobs. Um, <laughs> Uh, one of which, and people are always just flabbergasted when I tell them this, because like I'm I'm like a little guy, so you wouldn't think that I would do some crazy physical labor like this. But um, I used to work on a shrimp boat um, in the San Francisco Bay Area a as a deckhand. How awesome is that? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Did you know Bubba? <laughs> is that Did you find the Bubba? Kind of I mean, it wasn't the kind of shrimp you eat, though. So it was <laughs> oh, for, it was for uh, bait, which is actually oh. way more expensive and harder to catch. Oh, okay. um, but who fishes out in the bay likes to use these little grass shrimp. But and it's shrimp. I mean, <laughs> it's shrimp. I, you throw me a shrimp. I don't care where it's from or what it's for, bait or not. Boy, I'm from South Boston, Virginia. You we probably you kidding me? That was probably our, you know, etouffee. I mean, who knows? <laughs> That was probably high class for us. Yeah. Bait shrimp. Not shrimp you eat. What do you mean you don't eat it? Came out the ground, God gave it a face, right? I'm eating it. Yeah, I mean you can eat it. Um I, I've I've tried it and it actually um it's some people like to and we're talking like microscopic little shrimp tails and oh. they like to like mash them up and make patties out of them and kind of like little shrimp pancakes and those are really delicious but it's so much work so you work for spongebob <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what you're telling me you you made you work for spongebob and the Krabby patties were actually the shrimp patties and yeah that's the secret man dude i am this is okay so he he's actually from, making me hungry believe from where he's from where he's at now to where he was i know right Bubba Gumpin in the San Francisco Bay. Yeah, that was what I used to do, man. Um, I, th I think it's and... pretty cool that he used to do that. I could never do that. Dude, that's awesome. I know. I mean, but how do you transition from one day catching bay shrimp to all of a sudden, okay, now I'm, you know, big wig at that car steel and aluminum. I mean, how does that? The building all the equipment that makes these race cars do what they do. Yeah. And be able to withstand what they withstand. Well, and dealing with the people. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like I don't know. I just I never really fit into one particular category. Like I'm not, I don't consider myself white collar or blue collar in either direction. Um, and that's kind of what Stock Car Steel and SRI is all about. We kind of have that old concrete to carpet approach, and that's why I really feel like I, I fit in there. Because you know, I I knew that I was gonna go to school for. Um, at Belmont Abbey for their motorsports management program. But, you know, I still had to work and do stuff when I was still living at home in California. So that was what I did in the meantime. Um, and I was also going to junior college. So I transferred to Belmont Abbey. Um, I highly recommend anyone do that because it was a lot cheaper that way. And I got done a lot quicker. Right. Um, but the transition, I mean, it wasn't like so much of a shocking transmission or uh, transition uh, because I, I sort of knew that I wanted to get into racing, but I was always really proud of the fact that I did something so like gritty um, because it, it puts me on par with people who do gritty stuff for a living and like that's our customer. 
um, really hands-on, you know, working with big machinery and um, getting your hands dirty and, and stuff like that. And a lot of my jobs before I decided to go into the motorsports world in more of a white-collar sense, a lot of the jobs I had were were the dirty ones. <laughs> right, right. Do you, do you feel like that, and, um, that kind of helped you transition over to Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's there's a lot um there's a lot of things that I feel like people might not know about me when they meet me um in a work setting um because it's like, yeah, you know, I I look like this this guy that that works in a nice office every day, but sure enough, you know, I I took automotive classes. I I actually know how to turn a wrench a little bit. You know, I worked as a shrimp boat deckhand doing exactly. like the gritty the hard work. Like, right. I mean, I've been there. Um, I, I don't want to go back necessarily, right. but I know I, um, I, I like what I do now. But, you know, um, I, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. And that that's something that if you're going to approach racers, then yeah. you need to know about that life yeah. because it's not it's not all um, it. It's not like when you see. Pinsky's showroom you see these beautiful cars and everything is so clean and perfect and whatnot it's like you, you have no idea how dirty someone had to get to make something so right. flawless you tell them don't let this tom james suit fool you i'm a master shrimper <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> i mean let me That's tell you exactly what that, that, that would catch me so off guard i would say i'm buying your product I mean, honestly, if he's going to sell to some of the guys that are building the cars, though, I think you need to look a little more down to earth. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, and I know y'all work a lot with NASCAR, but, you know, and I've been around the NASCAR scene quite a bit. It seems like, and it, it, back in Mark Martin's early heyday um, and all that, it was where most of the drivers were turning around. Yeah, they, looked they were like doing Gerald it themselves. Yeah. They had the longer hair. Yeah. They had the scruffy look. Now, everybody's clean cut. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows how to work on Nope. They don't Nobody's have been no in grease under the fingernails. No, nope. no, no, yeah. no. They're just all the perfect pretty boys yep. and all, you know, looking, you know, they have to be just yeah. so. Yeah. So I think it's cool that he, now he doesn't have to approach a lot of these. He has to approach more of the people that work on the car. Right. Than, well, and, and Chase, tell me what that's like because, yeah, exactly. you know, a, a lot of the teams or a lot of the sponsors, you know, they'll have one or two groups that they work with. Mm-hmm. You guys run the gamut. I mean, Ganassi, I mean, pretty much down the line, yeah. you guys are, are just covering it. What is that like being able to go to all of them? Yeah. I mean, it, with all of our companies that, you know, if you have a race team in North Carolina, you're going to do business with stock cars, SRI supplies, SRI performance, or right. any one of our other companies. Uh, there's just almost no getting around us now. And that, that kind of makes us seem like we're big bullies and whatnot, but <laughs> really we are, you know, we do have, we do have competition in a lot of areas and, um, but we, we are the people that are su- supplying a ton of stuff to these race teams. And it's kind of crazy, um, for me because I, I'm not always, I'm not usually the one that's going in the shop. That's more of our outside sales people. And I have, um, someone that works with me in marketing who, um, you know, delivers customer appreciation stuff like bringing them donuts and cake and ice cream and stuff like that oh. when they get our, a win- our, Hey, he forgot our ice cream. I mean, I'll I'll buy something. I'll bring me some Krispy Kreme. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, that, we take care of our customers, but it's kind of it's kind of funny because I'm not in to these race teams. Um, I, I don't visit them as frequently as some other people do. Right. But because I um. Well, I don't have one on there now, but in the past, I always had a stock car steel sticker on the driver's side of my truck. And essentially, when I'd go pull up to the intercom box where somebody opens the gate for you, I never had to press the button. <laughs> I knew who you were. Ooh, right. big shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, that's kind of what's crazy about working for these companies. It's like we're, we're, almost a part of every team you know we're, we are the common denominator of all of the major nascar teams and other types of racing as well and the but, common dominator come on <laughs> oh trademark it boom <laughs> there we go. yeah hey you <laughs> got an open position for marketing but you're not no. available i'd no. be glad to come help you he works but, for camping world he don't no. know <laughs> and, and I'm, yeah he i'm, I'm trying to get a race so many competitions 
marketing department right now. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us how you got, you know, a little bit about Stock Car Steel and how it went from just being your average Joe kind of working class to the big, you know, common denominator that it is now or the big denominator in the racing scene that it is now. Okay, so um, – and this is kind of what sold me on, on wanting to work for them. Um, the story of how Stock Car Steel got started is, is crazy um, because my boss, Greg Fernelli, um, he was working as a steel salesman and he uh, was working for this place called Sunbelt in Charlotte and he was selling aluminum um, stock, like big, big chunks um, of billet for machine shops. And, um, so kind of one of the ways that he would uh, scout out new customers is he would go to industrial buildings and he'd see if someone had a big barrel of aluminum chips outside and he would go into that customer and ask them about where they're getting their aluminum from and things of that nature. So, um, but, and Greg was really pushing, he's, he was telling these, uh, his boss and everything like, Hey, this NASCAR thing, they're doing a lot of machining. Like we should focus on that because they're all over the place in Charlotte. But these uh, steel companies and um, just any sort of metal companies, they're usually really, really large. So unless you're talking about insane volume, uh, they they don't want to mess with it. Yeah, because you got U.S. Steel, you got Carolina Steel. I mean, you got mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of big groups just here in the state. Yeah, but I don't think they work with anything. Yeah, well, no, yeah, insane. they wouldn't because, yeah. like you said, the volume is kind of. Yeah. So you guys saw the niche and just attacked it. Yeah, so um and one of the first places he went to was Hendrick Motorsports and um yeah. they didn't really want to mess with it. So Greg eventually kind of got in his mind. He's like, "Man, I if I sort of specialized in uh buying the types of metal that these NASCAR teams want and all keeping it in one place, I might have a golden goose here." Well, what happened was he ended up getting a pretty rare form of cancer um in his jaw. Um, completely by surprise, and it was like a 17% chance of survival. And kind of what kept him going was during the recovery process was writing up this business plan, and he he quit his regular job and focused on making the business plan. And as soon as he got better, I mean, when he started Stock Car Steel, he had no hair on him. Um, and so he slowly started getting more and more customers you know he he had hendrick motorsports business and then other teams started catching wind of it and a a lot of a lot of the time these teams would call asking for something and they're like hey do you have this and greg would say yes absolutely i've got that and then you hang up the phone and he's like okay where the hell am i gonna find that you know (laughs) i don't really have that but sure i have it hey yeah you have what the customer needs it's the best policy for business right there yep and and that's how the whole thing started. And once NASCAR really started gaining popularity, he he got in at the right time because like 1996 NASCAR oh, was starting to be. Well, yeah, I mean, you had, it was the thick of the Gordon Earnhardt thing that everyone's been talking about with that documentary that just came out. Um, but I mean, that was right in the thick of that really good era. So. Um, NASCAR was just blowing up and slowly but surely he pretty much had all the teams as regular customers and um, sometime around 2002 there was another company there was a company in the area called SRI um, that was owned by another guy and um, they sold all sorts of shop supplies and a lot of a lot of the times anyone who's buying steel is also going to be buying grinding discs and things of that nature. And when that guy started showing interest in selling the place, Greg was like, well, that's just basically a perfect compliment to what I have because you can get your metal and then you can buy the stuff to cut it and shape it with um, right next door. So that's how the first SRI came to be, which is the fun trivia point is the SRI name, actually was started by someone else even though it's completely synonymous with greg um nowadays yeah yeah how did y'all take the the stock car and steel from just that company to the other two companies that you have now okay so 
that was how supplies got started. And then in 2015, we got three different companies. It was a crazy year. Um, so we got TJ's Motorsports Warehouse, which was very much like a, a mom and pop sort of auto parts store in um, Denver, North Carolina. And we've now rebranded that as SRI Dirt and Drag. That was like a crazy thing, but we had no idea what we were in for with the performance parts business because once we kind of had everything settled with that buy, all of a sudden we bought CV products. And that was in like October, November. Um, and we were going to kind of combine SRI supplies with um, CV products and keep it in their existing building. Well, maybe a couple of weeks later after that, um, Greg got a call from the guys over at Roush Yates performance parts. And Greg was all scared because I mean, they, they'd been good customers for his companies that he'd already had for years. He didn't really want to upset them and, or in any way. So he thought he was being called into the principal's office. Like, wait, Hey, why, why are you buying someone to compete with us, Greg? We thought you were on our side. But what it turned out was, was they're like, well, hey, if you bought CV, you interested in buying Roush Yates performance products. Wow. And so it was all of a sudden like we bought two huge players within weeks of each other without ever really having that in mind. <laughs> I mean, market, get, man. that's how you do it. Yeah. Start yeah. small, go big. Yeah. It was a crazy time, but, you know, now – now it feels like everything's kind of working together really well. And uh, then we op- we ended up opening a location up in uh, the Brownsburg, Indianapolis area, which is sort of a combination of all the companies that we have. I mean, they have, they have the steel there. They have the, um, the shop supplies there. They have the performance parts there. And the product offering is a little more centered around the massive amounts of like dirt and drag racing and, um, Indy car racing and midgets and sprints and things of that nature. But um, it's pretty much just a combination of, of all the companies that we have here in uh, North Carolina. So we've got a lot of companies going on. There's a lot of SRIs. Yeah. So, so for the people who might have been under a rock, <laughs> who do not know everything that SRI, stock car, steel, and aluminum, that, you know, just the product lines that you guys have, how many products do you actually have ballpark? Okay, so I would say I would say stock car has about like maybe fifteen hundred different metal items. Not at any given time, but somewhere around there. And then SRI supplies has fifteen thousand SKUs wow. of just shop supplies. And then SRI performance, I don't know how many SKUs we have, but we have four hundred vendors um so that's pretty much name name the top of the line racing part manufacturer we right. probably have it um wow. so but yeah we we got a lot of stuff a lot of stuff so this is an unfair question now jason <laughs> what product is your favorite oh god now that is how you <laughs> question i mean how can you say huh. with, with so much stuff Oh yeah, no, I just like this one little aluminum tube we got back here in the back. I just it just looks nice and fancy. I mean, how do you even how do you even pick? I was gonna ask him what his favorite story was with helping a successful race team. You're asking what his favorite product is out of everything they've got? Alright, the words that's, the words that she just said, I like hers better than mine. So yeah, because I was gonna say that's a hard product. I mean, how do you pick one product that works out of Because he's in marketing, Ellen. Yes, but I mean, even if you're in marketing and you work for like a restaurant, how do you pick a favorite dish? You say the yeah, answer I, that a marketer would say. The entire all menu. of them. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, he's going to answer the question that way then. Why ask it? I'll say that you know, it, with the typical the typical marketing guy um, response would would be all of them because I mean, it, but in all honesty, we we don't carry crap. You know, the demands the demands that uh, the NASCAR teams have they they need the best, and and that's what we have yeah. um, across the board for everything. Um, but I would I would say it's a uh, 3M product over at Esteri Supplies um, 
we're a huge distributor for them. We're, we're the biggest 3M distributor in the Southeast. And um, just everything that I've used from 3M um, has, is, is definitely just better than anything else you can get on the market in terms of abrasives and um, their various cleaners and things of that nature. It's all stuff that I, I use around the house. Right. Um, so, I've been told I'm good at abrasives. <laughs> my three ex-wives would you know they probably they they'd probably agree with that wow. but you know, yeah. ellen had a great question um surely and i'm sure you're chocked full of them give us a story of, of how you helped an upper coming yeah like i mean even if it's not a driver that's well known it would be great to hear a story of how stock car steel helped the driver go from dirt track to nascar or or how they just changed the way that they raced because yeah, the product improved. Yeah, it could have been a, somebody who was in the back of the pack and stayed yeah. in the back of the pack until y'all changed something and, yeah. and helped get them there. You know, um, it, it's it's hard to to pick just one story because, like I said, we we work with with everyone and and we're a part of that of everyone's story to some degree. Um, but it's it's kind of kind of funny how. Uh, back when I was at Belmont Abbey College, um, uh, I used to go watch the dirt races there because it's only about 10 minutes away right. um, from Belmont Abbey over at Carolina Speedway. Right. And I remember hearing the very catchy nickname, the high side tickler, Kyle Strickler. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was, yeah. Yeah. I was and I, was, I, did. How yeah, was that? I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I remember this. Yes, I went to school at USC Charlotte. I know exactly what you're talking about. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and he was he was racing in uh, a different car at the time. But I remember when I first got my job with uh, Stock Car Steel. Um, he was one of the first people I met, and you know he had our logo on his car and everything. And you know Kyle's always been a really really good modified driver. But you know he was racing there weekly at Carolina Speedway. And, um, when I first caught wind of him and over the end, I remember meeting Kyle and, uh, they were calling him Kyle and I was like, Oh, what's that, that guy's name? And, um, they're like, Oh, it's Kyle Strickler. I'm like, Oh, I know who you are. I heard about your name all the time when I was over at Carolina Speedway. Like I got it. I fanboyed out a little bit uh-huh. and, um, and, but we've continued to sort of back Kyle Strickler over the years and, you know, he's worked with our material and he talks to us a lot. He gives us a ton of feedback about the types of material that we bring in. He has driven for different chassis companies over the years. And, you know, he, he's very, very smart when it comes to chassis building stuff and uh, also body fabrication and things like that. And, you know, Kyle's got to be one of the, the best modified drivers in the country. Um, a lot of and a lot of the best modified drivers in the country are coming out of Mooresville, North Carolina these days, you know, with, with Strickler and Hoffman and, uh, and David Strimmy, you know, those are some, some big time dudes in modified racing. And it's just cool how we've supported with, we've supported Kyle and gotten lots of feedback from him from over the years. And, you know, he, he was a guy at Carolina Speedway's weekly series. And now he's, probably one of the best in the country and we've sort of been a part of that the whole time um so that that that's that's one of the more classic examples i I would say of how we've sort of mutually benefited from working with someone that's awesome now something i was kind of curious about now don't get me wrong i didn't watch a whole lot of the 500 forgive me slap on the wrist um i'm not gonna lie i didn't watch a lot of it this year um NASCAR's not been in my big realm this year. I apologize. But Well, I mean, we have our druthers yes, with NASCAR. Exactly. So it's, it's understandable. Exactly. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I did see the, the last lap crash, so or near the last lap crash. So after that last crash, of course, I was thinking, God, I bet Stock Car Steel could help a lot of these drivers repair the vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Not that y'all had time to do that, but if you were to help those drivers, I mean, how would you all help some of those drivers piece things back together if you had a lot more time than what they were given? Well, um, so the, the interesting thing about, about that, it's sort of a running joke, um, of course, and actually David Wilson uh, from TRD, who's 
He's got a huge following. He's the head of TRD, and yeah. he tweeted out the the winner of the Daytona 500 is Stock Car Steel. You know they're oh, awesome. they're gonna <laughs> gonna make it some money. And so anyway, but it it's a it's a good joke, but also you know when a wreck like that happens, it's not a drastic difference in these teams building more cars and stuff like that. Oh, they sure. build a lot. Yeah, say, yeah they have a ton of them anyway. Yeah, they yeah. usually bring, what, five or six to the track? Yeah. Right, and and it's it's not like um, the Monday after that happens that we're getting an exceptionally high volume of calls because they've got to put a race car together to go make it next week. You know, like the next plate race is Talladega, and if the car's junk, the car's junk, and they've already got another one ready to go. You know, that the the material has has already been bought essentially now do you um, guys have like a like like a busy season or like one that just kind of as the season starts i would think yeah right I, I mean, or or are people no. pre-planning like a year out that's true so basically our our busy season and it is leveled out a little bit over the years but i mean always just january is full throttle well, yeah. that's not a good time. that's up. not a good time to make not a good time to make small talk with the sales guys because they're on their last nerves by the, the, oh, yeah. the end of the they're like, I can't, I just can't deal with it anymore. You know, done. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, so, so January is big for us. That's right when the end of the build season, They the build season sort of begins as soon as um, that, that, towards the end of the, the um, last season, you know, and then it goes into – November and December and then January it really ramps up and then um, by the time February rolls around it kind of starts slowing down and getting back to normal a little bit but hell it's uh, the end of February we're still still getting quite a few calls right now so. so I mean well, but y'all are getting the local track stuff too and the local yeah. track doesn't start up until summer yeah to yeah I should say yeah late spring but I mean yeah. it, so you don't have like a, a TV spot. Or, or a deal set up with Fox <laughs> so that just right, right after a crash happens, you have a special TV spot that will air. You don't have anything set up like that. Y'all just saw those cars crash. <laughs> so if you need a new car yeah. or a car built by Got us. into a fender bender? <laughs> give us a call. We're the future. I mean, <laughs> surely you got something set up for that, right? Y'all see well, that big crash? We got a commercial just for you. Okay, so we, we, we actually don't don't operate on a super expensive marketing budget or anything, but what's good is people like us. Um, for instance, like Michael Waltrip and, and uh, Fernelli are super good friends. And um, they, uh, all the time, you'll hear Michael Waltrip say like, oh, he's got to call my buddy Greg up over at Stock Car Steel and Aluminum. They're, uh, you know, like, He'll give us those shout-outs, and, and we don't pay for those. You, but no, people, no, no, come on, Chase. Michael. No, that is so funny. Chase, come on, buddy. Look, you're talking Michael. to a guy who did 25 years of broadcasting. Payola Plugola. <laughs> are you guys, are y'all greasing the wheels? No. Come on. Yeah. I mean, no. Look, look, you can Michael tell me this is Michael not monitored by the FCC. You won't get in trouble. <laughs> but come on. I'll tell, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how those things happen. Is uh, you, you telling know, me Lil Dub out. says that on his own, Bruh. Michael loves to promote stuff. That's Michael's thing, man. No, I mean Greg's out there golfing with these guys all yeah. the time, you know. And, and you, you know, Michael. Michael loves to promote his friends. If there's, if there's any, uh, if Greg is paying Michael Walsh for anything, it's because he he lost money to him at the golf course. <laughs> um, that's it, man. Like we we aren't actually. It, awesome. Like a game of golf has to be on the line in order for money to be exchanged because it's uh no that like people like us and they remember us and uh everyone knows who Greg Fernelli is every announcer knows who Greg Fernelli is yeah. and I mean he's he's hard to miss in the garage area when yeah. he's out there I mean he's a tall dude he talks loudly he's Italian so he talks with his hands really um, yes. exactly yeah yeah, <laughs> um, I, mean, yeah he's a hard guy. I need to meet Greg. He's my brother from another mother. Ellen's over here imitating him, and it's great because she's four foot nothing and waving around. <laughs> I mean, Not because I'm Italian. And, and, I, I but you know I what? With my hands. It, but you know, it's, cook, it's such a great. Well, no. 
Love you, but no. So, but but you know what? It's such a great point. Some of the best deals, A, are made on the 19th hole. Yeah, they are. But are done through the friendships you foster yes. through business. Absolutely. And that is what Greg has exemplified here. And I think that's really what's kind of added to the growth and the success of the companies. Would you agree with that, Chase? Oh, absolutely, man. Um, You know, uh, I, I started hitting up Greg for a job when I was still at Belmont Abbey. Um, he came in as a guest speaker. And um, when he told his whole story and kind of exuded his personality and everything, I'm like, out of all the people that have come into this class, you know, this, this guy is relatable to everyone. Um, and that's, I, I think that's his biggest asset, um, to be honest with you, is that he's a hard guy to not like. Um, right, and right. if, if you, if someone were to say something negatively about Greg, I, I think there'd be 20 people saying like, are, are you crazy? Uh, you know, what's wrong with you? You, that must be a personal problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, every so, I mean, you know, with that said, surely he could find room in the organization for two individuals like us. I think Look, I'm too Italian. I'm cheap. I'm only about a buck fifty a year. Do you give me 150, 125 grand a year? That's crazy. I'm fine. I'm in there. Ellen? I'm cheaper than that. You know, I mean, you saw what she did at the poker table. I'm just saying. I'm, hey, um, I give money away. What are you talking about? But I don't know what the pay is going to be like. <laughs> I mean, Minimal. you know. I surely they can do somebody with my smooth, mellow tones. This whole thing. Oh <laughs> Chris could be your next Michael Walter. People talk all kinds of good about you. Oh, let me tell you, I'll blow him up, but I'm also a great BSer. Yeah, he really is. So he can sell water to somebody who's in the ocean. Yes. So, so Chase, <laughs> tell me, what's next not only for the company, but what's next for you? Um. Well, I, I'm a... I am a uh, company man, party line tower. I'm all about stock car and SRI, um, and I plan on being there for a while. Um, I've just sort of found a home there. I, I would, if I left, I'd feel like I was abandoning abandoning my family. You know, um, being being three thousand miles away from where the rest of my family is, it's kind of you. You got to find one, and and my work is that way for me. Um, so I. I just hope to see through um, the future for all these companies. Uh, I, I think um, big parts of the future are trying to get all the companies sort of together and all in one place where you can pretty much walk in and say, I want to build the car with this tubing and I'm going to use these products to, um, to put it all to, to fabricate it all. And then I'm going right. to bolt these on there. I mean, it, nobody would ever actually do that, but it would be really fun to like do a video saying, "Hey, look, this is like the race car grocery store. You everything you need to make the cake is here, right. <laughs> and yeah. you do it all in one trip theoretically if you wanted to." So I I think just kind of <laughs> condensing everyone under one roof is is a direction we like to go in, and you know we as always we like to branch out into other markets you know a lot of a lot of the stuff that we sell um works perfectly well for a, a, a huge amount of other industries right. um so it's racing you know uh, i would say 30 40 percent of all of our sales for all of our companies are just nascar teams but wow you know that's okay. that's so 70 i'm talking about the, the big cup teams um, not even, you know, some of the smaller trucking Xfinity teams. Um, that's just like the the huge players. Right. Now, but that's still, you know, 60, 70% of other people, <laughs> you know, that and maybe a, and a, good, uh, a good part of those maybe don't care one lick about racing at all. And that's right. totally fine by us. And we're, we're always trying to, to grow um, into other segments. You know, we... Um, we have some pretty darn interesting customers out there, um, uh, like for, for Stock Car Steel. Um, I was just on Instagram the other day, and I saw a guy who's been liking and commenting on our stuff. And uh, his company's called Keen Custom Goals, and he builds soccer goals 
out of our material. Interesting. And, cool. Yeah. And then we got a guy who builds, who just builds uh, fishing rod holders. Wow. Oh, um, nice. And these are yeah. the guy. Yeah. I, I mean, and yeah. it's all like cool stuff, you know? It's like, that's so neat that you're able to build so an entire company. Yeah. That's yeah. thing. Now, for those companies that you just mentioned, you can send your royalty checks to <laughs> Behind the Wheel yeah. at RacingJunk.com. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're talking? welcome to skulls and fish bite rod holders. Um, I'll, I'll be waiting. <laughs> That's wow. right. That's right. Be sure right. to cut he, Chase hey, off a cut. He started, he started in the stripping business. It may go that direction. I, I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean, think yeah. about the boats. Yeah. Well, I and mean, the, the nets they need and stuff and stuff to hold the nets. Hey, they got steel. I'm just saying. And, of course, we're, we're talking oh, yeah. to Chase Ford from Stock Car Steel Aluminum SRI. Chase, let me tell you, as somebody who's been fired from many jobs. <laughs> could you see his, his uh, you know, hearing his voice, couldn't you just see him getting fired from jobs? Oh, just easily. You are in a great spot, and that's one you should absolutely keep. Yes. Yeah, um, uh, it's kind of crazy uh, in this generation. Like, I think I'm kind of a rare breed in the fact that I – got a job right out of college and I stayed there for seven years and I have no intentions of leaving it. Like it doesn't really happen very often. So I think it's a testament to, to um, what a great place stock car and SRI is. Um, it's, it's really awesome. And, uh, Hey, I'll, I'll be there as long as they'll have me for sure. Um, and I know the best way to avoid that is to just not steal anything. Um, <laughs> okay, don't steal anything. do not <laughs> yeah. steal anything. Get it in steel. <laughs> Don't <Hey> steal any. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we need a bell. Um, yeah, there you go. You need a pun bell. <laughs> we, um, really do. we need a hi-hat. Chris has a lot of dumb yeah. folks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh. But the, the stuff that falls out of my mouth, no wonder I've been fired too many times. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, we, we've ha- definitely had some people that we we thought were pretty pretty solid people, but they – Walked out of the door with some things and thought it oh. would go unnoticed. Yeah. Really? Wow. So, yeah. What? Now, now, I mean, okay. now, Chris has a question. Okay. So, <laughs> should have brought that up. <laughs> what was the weirdest thing that somebody oh stole, and where was it stashed? Oh my God, Chris, really? Oh, oh. I'm sorry. So we had a we had a guy taking some stuff um, out of our used parts department. So, okay, so this is my opportunity to plug our fantastic used parts selection at SRI Performance. <laughs> Love it. Website. Um, <laughs> Give me the website. What's the website? <laughs> we, our used parts are actually on eBay if you just search SRI Performance, but um, we don't have any of those on our e-commerce site because we rotate them in and the inventory isn't consistent. But, um, we yes, we sell a lot of uh, used NASCAR parts, which – Smaller teams use, other series use, or people use them in their hot rod builds. I mean, it's awesome that you can put real NASCAR parts that only got 500 miles on them. They're made out of the best material imaginable um, at a discount price. But anyway, those those sorts of things uh, I, I think are, are easily um, sort of because they're in and out so quickly. Uh, that uh, one of these guys caught on and he, you know, he had sets of headers. He had, um, fire bottles. He had, um, all <laughs> different safety equipment. I mean, it was like $20,000 worth of stuff. Oh and God. I really like, yeah. And he, he was in after hours. Yeah. Yeah. He thought he had a code was for the build, had a code for the building, but used someone else's, um, to try to make it seem like it wasn't him, and like they caught him in the act and everything, and it, you know, it was just, it was a bad deal because like, I like the guy and whatnot, but and everyone likes the guy. That's the problem. That's <laughs> like we didn't want to go, but that's like the rule. Like don't steal anything, and you're gonna be okay, man. And 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 work hard and um, believe in the companies, and and it's gonna be a fun place to work, but. Just, don't feel anything, man. Yeah, how dumb can you be, dude? You know what? Chris is on eBay right now. I'm trying to figure out how his old Chevy Chevelle can use uh-huh. some of this equipment. I mean, well, the problem oh, is... Oh, yeah, man. Oh. I don't even think this thing has a gas pedal. No, it's, it's... Okay, so here's the thing. It's missing half the engine. I don't know where the transmission is. It does have a steering wheel, but it's not connected to anything. The whole damn tree is gone. Um, it do have the original seat, although the bottom's missing. <laughs> Uh, it has no hood. It's only got two wheels. But I'm thinking. It looks like the Fred Flintstone mobile. I'm just saying. 
It does. I can actually pick it up. I can actually grab it and push my feet through the bottom <laughs> and pick it up. Um, no lie. I am thinking you guys can help me with this. He's looking on eBay right now to figure out how to fix all of this problem. <laughs> I'm not looking on eBay. I'm trying to find this dude who stole everything on LinkedIn so I can get it from him. What you talking about? What's the <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he'll get it. He'll get keep discount. He's trying to get rich. Yeah, I'm sure he is. What, what, what is his name? Bubba Butterfinger? What the hell's wrong with this guy? I, I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't name any names. Bubba Butterfingers. I like. But uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there who who are building some cool cars out of our used parts. I mean, there's there's a guy that set land speed records with his '39 Ford. Um, that's got an old NASCAR engine in it. Um, yeah. You know, if you wanted to put an old SB2 Chevy motor in that Chevalier's, um, yeah. Oh man, I mean, we'll 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 find one for you. And that Jericho transmission, I mean, it would be indestructible for the street. So I mean, um, now you're talking my language, son. <laughs> and you just down the road in Mooresville too, which is great. Right? And Real you know, close. so I mean, granted, you know, SRI is synonymous with practically everything but for those that don't know how to find you or for those that might have the need where's the best place to go um for all of our companies um i would visit www.sriperformance.com www.sri-supplies.com and www.stockcarsteel.com and you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram and youtube as well um, not not hard to find when you search those things. It would take me another five minutes to name each and every handle, but oh, if you sure. just search, our will come up first thing. Trust me. Very cool. Well, we really appreciate you spending time with us today, and sorry that we're a little jokey. We like to have fun with the show, so we enjoy. Oh, don't learning. love it. Yeah, I'm not awesome. sorry. We had fun. The, the yeah. question is, did Chase have fun? Yeah, that's absolutely. I had a great time, and um, I love doing things like this. So it's awesome. really good to hear from you guys, and I can't wait to hear the episode. And I need to dive a little further into your show, catch up yeah. on some of these old interviews. And uh, uh, you, you got a new fan now, so oh, I'm a okay. podcast. Yeah, I appreciate, it. and, and I am I am sure that your sales guys would love some of the people that we've spoken to in the past. Tell them to look. Oh, I'm sure it Tell yeah. them to look for Sherry Solis. That's the one we were talking about earlier. She has got some great stories. She is phenomenal. We love man. her. She is and Valerie Sherry, Thompson. if you're listening, we're going to call you again. Yes, we are. <laughs> and, and Chase, seriously, thank you so much. If yes, there's anything we can do to help you guys, I mean, you know, we love you guys. You're right down the street. Don't hesitate to reach out. And do you happen to have, like, a Instagram or yeah. Twitter or anything like that that you want to shout out yourself? Um, My personal Instagram is at Chase Davy Jones Forbes. It's private, but I'll accept anyone who's willing to deal with my crap and actually want to look at what I. Uh, <laughs> no, no, wait a so. minute. He's private, but he will accept anyone. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, pause, as as they say on the BBC. Pause. Um, where's the Davy Jones come from? <laughs> oh man, so. Uh, all right, so I'm a big fan of, like, old TV shows. Okay. Uh, and so, I mean, like, you should see my living room. It's I uh, I made a Brady Bunch-era living room with Dude. mid-century modern furniture. Oh, my God, that is awesome. I, yeah, it's got, like, you know, the avocado green and orange and, um, oh you know, all those terrible colors that, that everyone – decided they hated but i've always liked them are you kidding me i'd be, oh I'd be like i was a kid again oh my god okay oh my god we please continue go so, Sorry, we're very excited we're like the kids from that 70s show <laughs> so yeah the uh it's really my favorite i i um i love the brady bunch and um i have an autographed picture from ann b davis um who played alice mm -hmm. yes um, i know exactly who that is <gasps> My mom wanted to be Alice when I was growing up. Oh, my God, that is awesome. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can email you guys pictures if, if you find this all amusing. Please do. Um, my mind is blown right now. I'm, like, freaking out. I've got to find your house. I'm so yeah, excited. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, yeah. You, you pretty much opened up Pandora's box. All right, so, <laughs> Sorry. so you got the Brady Bunch homage in your in your living room. Yeah, and uh, so what, what was it? Um, 
there was yeah, I'm sure you guys if you watch NASCAR in the truck series there's uh Jordan Anderson right. yeah. um yeah I I've been friends with him cuz he went to Belmont Abbey and yeah. there was one night when um we were hanging out with him and a guy who has sponsored him over the years and uh he said to me he's like you know who you look like and I'm like who's that and he's like Davy Jones from the Monkees, and I was like, "Dude, I love old TV shows." And that episode when Davy Jones uh, is on the Brady Bunch is like yes. my favorite because it's mm-hmm. so painfully corny and hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's why I enjoy the old TV shows because they're just so corny that it's like, it's like it's like a bad pun, you know? It's like painful, but it feels good. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like masoch- TV masochism. TV <laughs> masochism, um, I love it. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I, I took that and I, eventually I got an Instagram account and I was like, I don't know, uh, I don't want it to be a boring name. Um, Absolutely. And, and I'd like to post pictures of my furniture and stuff. I'm like, I'm just going to go with Chase B. Jones Forbes. I am that so sounds proud like of it. You know what? He would absolutely love. I'm going to find you right now. He would love the consignment furniture emporium I discovered over here in Winston Salem. Oh no, oh, man, my his God. furniture he would sounds. Love it. I mean, this furniture does sound awesome. Could you imagine going antiquing with Chase? Dude, How it cool would be would that awesome. Be? He'd find me that chair that you know they like. Also the like egg chair. Yes. 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 Oh my God. Chase, if you have an egg chair, you're gonna be my hero. Oh, I don't have an egg chair. Oh. I do have some cool. I do have some cool uh, couches that are. Just kind of like of 70s, that era. They got the little legs and the big fat cushions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then I've got like this orange chair that, like, <gasps> I don't know. I just think it's so pretty that I barely sit in it. Um, <laughs> but I. Orange chair. <laughs> um, but yeah, super proud of of the furniture that I have. And I'm just like, you know what? It's just such a shame that people thought that this wasn't a good idea sometime in like yeah. the late 70s. Okay, we're done with this. Like now, let's make everything. He's got shag carpet. Oh my god, do you have shag carpet? Please tell me you have shag carpet, please. I've had a few different rugs in there that uh, I um, didn't spend real money on. Right. Um, And so they're all kind of cheesy. And and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to take the rug out um, for a while until I want to spend money on like a real deal (laughs) one. Shag carpet. It's going to be 500 bucks. You know, at least, but I, it, it has to be the the real deal. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. Oh, man. So right, I got to love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to follow him now. Chase, Dude, Chase Jones. I just requested a follow. Please let me follow you. I got to see your furniture. I'm dying over here. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, you, you'll find him on there. I, 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 I just sent you a request. You guys, you got to <laughs> let me. I got to get on. I have to see this furniture. So this sell is, it, it's mine. This is Chase Forbes. <laughs> Head of marketing for Stuttgart Steel Sorry. Aluminum, SRI Performance, SRI Supplies. Chase, thank you so much for joining us here on Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. Yes, Dude, you. we can't wait to catch up with you again, and I can't wait to take the road trip down to your house. Yes. We, I'm we're bringing stalk something. You now. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're coming, man. As soon as we find, hey, I've seen the the, um, the Scooby Mobile. What is that? I can't remember right now. The Dream Machine. Thank you. I've seen it driving around town. We're gonna steal it, and then Chris and I are coming your way. Let me steal it. I gotta park it oh, right here. Who you think great. owns it? <laughs> we'll we'll get the it's going. We'll get the fog machine going. We'll get the lights. Oh, and oh man, it's Chris. the whole. It's my dream house. Yeah. I got bell bottoms like Mr. Oh, Brady. Oh, I do. What I have talking so, about? I do. I have two pairs at home. Oh, your way. Right. I platforms have, and everything. I, do, I have platforms, but I don't have the ones with the goldfish swimming around in the bottom. Oh, I got I those. those. Yeah, the hula hops. Yeah, the hula, oh, yeah, no, I it's all like a pot of neck bones. Chase, <laughs> thank you so much, buddy. We'll look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you, Chase. And I'll talk to you guys. We appreciate you having me. Yes, absolutely. Thank, thank you. you. We'll see you, buddy. All right. Take care. Chase thinks we're joking. I know, right? I want to go to his house. Let's go. I swear to you, I've seen three mystery machines in Winston. Let's go find one of them. We are going to his house. I know a guy who built the Ghostbusters mobile. We could totally borrow it. (gasps) I'd take that in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? It's got Slimer in the back and everything. See, see, but it's a Brady, so we got to get, I mean, you know, he's got that Brady Bunch house. I'm telling you. We got to get something funky for him. That's going to be. I'm telling you. Yeah. I've always, mm, I wanted to be on the Brady Bunch. I did. But I really wanted to be like Alice's like long lost kid or something. 
She had one of those. She had one of those pop up, didn't she? Did she have like a family? I don't remember that. So maybe. I think that she must did. have been me. <laughs> you would be her long lost kid. I would, except for the beehive. I don't have a beehive. I should totally have a beehive. Uh, she cut that off after a while. She went down to that little crop turn. Swoop, oh, I do have kind of, of like a crop thing going on. So you I can do, totally be her kid. I can totally. So we would definitely want to thank Chase Forbes for joining us on uh, Behind the Wheel. And you know, this we we got we got the new studio. We yes. got some new things coming. Yes. Um, we got new equipment coming. That'll yeah, be, that'll be new desk. By the way, do you like the desk? I do. Very do you like nice the desk. It's very. Uh, it's very. <laughs> yes. uh, the chair that he that Chris is sitting in does not match. <laughs> the poor thing looks like he's sinking by the desk. <laughs> I am sitting in a Chicago Bears chair. It is a lawn chair that is too short for him, and he likes to look like he's four foot tall. <laughs> My computer desk has not. Uh, the chair has not made it in here yet, but it shall. <laughs> it's awesome. I, I do feel like I'm kind of like uh, Mr. Snidely over here, just kind of <laughs> sinking in behind everything. <laughs> so who we got next time? Well, we actually got some surprises coming up. I've got some potential guests kind of wrapping up. So you, you all stay to excuse me, stay tuned to RacingChunk.com. We've got some cool guests coming up. We're hoping to have a return guest coming up very soon who's going to join us with another guest. So. Yes. So stay tuned, Chris. Don't give it away. We don't have everything wrapped up yet. I'm not, so I'm not, contracts I'm are not, not signed. All the I'm T's not. are not crossed. All the I's are not dotted yet, but we are working on it. I'm not. We've got some other new surprises coming up. So stay tuned to, to Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com this year because we got a lot of things coming up. And it's going to be fun. And one of the things we're going to introduce is we're going to do Ask the Expert. Oh, which, that's not me. Why are you pointing at me? Is, I'm not the expert. If, if you haven't. Figured out by now is Lily. It is not me. I am so not an expert on anything. So if you got some questions, oh god, you would like to ask us that we can, or some advice that you would like for us to. They're probably going to tell me to shut up. You tell me, Miss Ellen Richardson. How can people get a hold of you to send you those questions? Because hopefully we'll get some, and uh, we can do it for the next installment. Of yeah, that's great. I'm scared of what the questions are going to be, but oh, I, I think it'll be beautiful. I think it'll be beautiful. <laughs> So how do people get a hold of us? Yes, definitely get in touch with us on racingjunk.com. You can contact us at contact at racingjunk.com, or you can also email me at erichardson, that's E-R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S-O-N, at auto, A-U-T-O-M-A-V-E-N, pro.com. Automavenpro.com. Yeah, and of course, you know, pro. follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I think Racing Junk has Racing Junk, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then of course I'm an on-air tater, spelled the way it should be spelled. <laughs> tater. And and little E is Ellen Rich. That's right. No, I need to change that to little E, don't I? <laughs> little E. Uh, but yeah, just follow us on social media, and if you got any questions, any people you'd like to see us interview, um, you know, or if you'd like to come on the show, uh, we are going to be doing some call-ins. Yeah, pretty make sure soon. you hit us up on uh, Facebook at racingjump.com or hit us up on uh, Twitter at racingjump. That's it. So we look forward to seeing you next time on the next installment of Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com.